Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. This is Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, Superintendent of the 960th Cyber Operations Group. And today with me, I have your Command Chief, Chief Master Sergeant Brian Bischoff. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Chief. I appreciate you uh, talking to me today. Um, this is a uh, you know kind of bittersweet, right? I believe this is uh, your last uh, podcast as the uh, Command Chief. Yeah, so uh, I think this is my second or third one, something like that. But yeah, last one, and uh, then moving on to uh, to elsewhere that I can continue to do more damage. So gotcha. So where are you moving on to? You know, kind of let everybody know uh, what uh, what assignment as you've moved forward on in your career. So like where I'm going next? Yes, Chief. So um, I'm going to the JEC, the Joint Enablement Capability Command, and uh, essentially what they do there is uh, they're able to stand up a, a remote standing joint task force. So they've got command and control essentially, but they've, they've got PA, they've got a planning element, they've got a comm element, those, those kinds of things. And they have been around for about 13 years. Uh, they've never had a senior enlisted leader before. So I'll be the first one coming in there. It's a joint unit. So I'll be working for an army two star. Awesome. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions of who's, who's this air force guy running around here. So <laughs> I'm sure you'll let them know pretty quick and put the uh, the uh, the elbow to the forehead, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but being the first ever, that's the that's not something new for you, seeing that you're the first ever command chief for the 960th. Yes. So so throughout my Air Force career, I've been uh, as I like to call it the guinea pig for a lot of stuff. You know, they they try and make it sound really cool, where oh, you're the first ever, and I'm like that that equates to guinea pig. So uh, I I stood up the 913th Airlift Group, and I was that was the first superintendent of that and and then the first command chief here and now the first command chief ima they've never had a, an ima command chief before uh or a, a command chief job at a joint unit so a couple other firsts but like i said sometimes they could be you know guinea pig we're gonna we'll just we'll put bischoff in there and see how this pans out gotcha uh, but it's also kind of like trailblazing right and uh when we look at uh where we were uh when you first took the seat here at the 960th um, how would you say we've progressed? Yeah, so I would definitely say a lot of progression. I'm not going to lie. My my first day here, I was I got back over to lodging and uh, was sitting in the parking lot and smoking a cigar and thinking, what the heck did I get myself into, right? Um, again, I came from an environment in special operations where everything, you know, matured processes. It was a wing that had been around for a long time and I knew exactly what was going on. And, and when I came in here and, of course, 960th had only been a wing for about six months. So there was a whole lot of, we have no idea what you're talking about. So right. I started asking, you know, status of discipline and what's that? You know, like that, that's that thing we're supposed to do once a quarter and, and everybody, you know, so, but what was good is much like when I, I had to go to the 44th fighter group this summer. Um, the good thing is I know exactly what needs to be done. The bad right. thing is I know exactly what needs to be done. So, <laughs> right. so, you know, a lot of work and stuff involved, but all I had, all I had was the the vision of, okay, here's the things that we need to get done. But it was all of us together as a team that were able to get all these things squared away. And that's, that's like that, that uh, whiteboard I have in my office. And I had all these different things, these different tasks and, and policies and, and procedures and so forth that, 
a, a functioning wing needs to have have done and written out and codified. And uh, we, and when I say we, I mean all of the 960 that came together right. and, you know, like the awards guide that were all the chiefs got to hack off on the awards guide and superintendents and everything. And um, cuss and discuss that whole thing and, and come up with a guide because when I got here, there wasn't one. So right. it, again, I, I think a lot of things have, have come a long way. We got a lot of the framework and stuff put in place and I look forward to see where, where you guys are taking everything next. Now that a lot of the framework is there, you can now take it to the next evolution. Gotcha. Um, so this leads to, you know, probably what seems like an obvious question. What are you most proud of accomplishing um, while being here at the 960th? Wow. Good question. Thing I'm most proud of. I would just say being able to see all of the the changes and the the people succeeding and and getting things done. I can't really point to like one task or anything, but it's kind of like I guess the best way you can describe it is like like if you're a teacher and then and then you see all these kids graduate, right? You know, and and you know you see people get promoted and and you see people move on and stuff, and that's. That's the thing about being a command chief. Trust me, there's more days than not where you're thinking, I am one bad meeting away from retirement. Forget this. I'm out. And but, right. it's, but it's like playing a slot machine. And then you see something cool where you help somebody get something figured out or, or, or you see somebody, you know, get promoted, you know, from step promotion or something else. And it's like you just put that quarter in the in a slot machine and you just won 20 bucks. Now you're hooked again and you're, you're putting more quarters in. Right. But it really is just seeing seeing you know, folks succeed and mature and, and win the info dominance awards and, and excited about what they're doing in the work centers. And, and you see people progress up to different positions and, and everything else. And just, just watching everything kind of, kind of mature and blossom compared to what it was when, when I first got here. And, and, and like I said, that's, that's been a complete team effort. That's everybody, you know, digging in and, and working hard to, to get us to where we are. Right. I mean, just to kind of peel that back a little bit, it really goes to some of the leadership philosophies um, that uh, you and I have discussed many times. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some of the importance of uh, these different lessons. Can you speak to uh, the series that you're working on right now that you're you're publishing as far as uh, the mentorship moments and. Yeah, so absolutely. So right now, um, it, I've done, I did this thing when it started when I was at Little Rock and I started doing a mentorship moment weekly at that time it was a weekly email that went out to everybody and i got about 300 episodes of those done and uh, a buddy of mine actually put it into a, a book format that i've got sitting on my laptop somewhere but i quit doing it for a while because i, I kind of ran out of things that i felt were important to say and then colonel janicki actually had asked me he said hey you know i used to love getting those you need to start doing them again and and then chief white uh effort command chief said hey i really you know used to love getting those when I was at the wing, you need to start doing that again. So I started them up and I think I'm on episode 18, volume 18 or 19 now, something like that. But I'm doing um, a series right now to build resiliency. Right. And some of the things that I'm talking about in there. Now, if you want to get on the distro list for this, please just shoot me an email and, and I'm the only chief Bischoff out there and I'll add you to the, the distro list. But right now it goes out to all the AFRIC command chiefs and, and a, a handful of other folks out there. But so uh, it's a five week um series on resiliency. So the, like I, I talk about, um, ignore and override. Sometimes there's stuff that's going to happen in your life that you can't, you can't control. You have no control over and it just happened. And, right. but you can't focus on it at that moment. So you have to ignore what's going on and override, push forward to get to the next step, get to the next mission, get to whatever you need to do, just throw it in your rock and keep moving on. And then, you know, when you have time to unpack that, that's, that's, you know, when you work with, you know, friends or family or teammates or, or whoever, 
um, counselors, chaplains to be able to kind of unpack it and deal with all those thoughts and feelings and, and emotions around that. Um, and then uh, another one of them is, um, uh, boy, I got to think of now. So yeah, that one, uh, ignore and override. Another one is um, uh, it's about the team. Right. It's all about the team. So and, and that really talks about how, you know, there's times where, you know, you want to quit, but you don't quit at things because of the team. It's because of the person next to you. There's times where you lean on the team and there's times where teammates lean on you. But but you're together. You're stronger together than you are apart. You know, a, a team is a completely different animal than a group of individuals because a team are there for one another. They draw strength from one another. And uh, if you just got a group of individuals, then that's that's not really anything that you can you can count on or trust. So um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so there, there, there's like five different five different things I'm going over there. And um, it, it's just some basic tools that I've used to, um, you know, when stuff goes sideways, which happens in my life a lot. Murphy's ever present. Then uh, I, I always, you know, just just use one of these to be able to improvise, adapt, and overcome. So. Right. Now I think the the team concept is uh, very key, right? And if we look into um, what we call the brotherhood of of being a military member, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it is really just a, another term for that team mentality, right? Um, and if uh, I know that I've dug into it, I think we've talked about it uh, at least once or twice uh, with the team concept. It's I'm going to do it for them because they would do it for me. Right. And, and building that, that, that relationship and how important it is uh, as a leader to, to foster that kind of culture. Do you feel like we're, we're in the right direction or heading in the right direction to build that type of culture here at the 960th? I think, I think we are. Um, I think there were a lot of, so I'm, I'm very big on tribal leadership. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, you kind of break down all the different squadrons into tribes because they've got unique mission sets and everything. And there's probably little subcultures underneath that as well. But but, you know, I, I've seen all of the units maturing a lot and, and, and growing and, and I've, I've seen more cohesion because I think for a while folks were, were thinking, hey, we need to change some stuff, but nothing's changing. And, and, and now they see some stuff is changing. And it's within tribal leadership, you've, you get the five levels. And, and normally when you come into a unit, you do an assessment of where, where the preponderance of the folks are in those five levels. And, and so level one is everything sucks. Right. Right. And, and that's normally like like, you know, your, your people that are in prison and stuff like that, because just everything sucks. Level two is my life sucks. So you think of kind of like, you know, the office stuff, okay. you know, stuff like that, the show, the office and uh, where, you know, just it, it kind of stinks right now. You're not happy where you're at and, and you want to go somewhere else and do something else. And level three is I'm great, but you're not. So th- this is when you're in an environment where you've got a bunch of you know people who believe their own write-ups and they're the smartest guy in the room, right. the girl in the room, and and very much you know egocentric and about themselves, and and everybody else is is less than. Um, and then you've got level four, which is we're great. So not not I'm great, but we're great. Right. And that's where where you have kind of think of like the Apples or the Microsofts or or NetApps or you know some of these these larger companies or organizations that. It has a culture that everybody wants to be a part of, but in order to 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 continue to to succeed and and reach the level that they're at, they normally have a natural competitor. So you know, Apple had Microsoft, um, you know, uh, NetApp had had Dell and HP and, and a bunch of the other you know competitors, and and that was that was a thing. Or if you think about college sports, well, I'm you know you're an Alabama fan, so obviously you know Auburn. You know, forget those guys, but. Um, 
but the, you, that's what makes you great and you draw strength from is trying to trying to beat your competitors. So you're working together as a team and you'll be better than your competitor. And then level five is everything's great. Right. And, and that's more of the altruistic where we're, you know, kind of like a, a soft works or F works type thing where we're trying to solve like big world problems and there's no real competition. We're just trying to do something that's that's awesome for the for the the planet and humanity as a whole. So, you know. Coming in here, um, there were a lot of pockets, I think, of of two when I got here, you know, level two where, right. where my life sucks and they weren't happy about, you know, and, and there were some chunks of three in there and, you know, some, some you know, toxic environments and some environments that people weren't real happy with and kind of needed some direction and and let's not even get started on travel vouchers, right? Everybody was super <laughs> torqued about that. That that was level one, definitely. That was that was definitely level one. That was everybody was torqued about that. Yeah. And and matter of fact, that was the first thing I was tasked with is we need to fix these. So that's why we came up with Cyberblock and and we had, you know, um started Vielman working on all that stuff. But right. so I think now um looking at most of of the units and and engaging with them, I would say a lot of the units went from two and and three I would say probably three and four. Right. So, um, you know, you may still have one or two. You're always going to have one or two people that are sitting at level two. But I would say for the most part, we've we've got a lot of three and four going on here, and uh, which is good. Like I said, it, it's, it means that things are progressing, things are maturing, things are growing and, and getting better and better. So Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah, and it, it, I think that we've made a lot of progression just from, from my perspective, obviously. Uh, that's why I asked yours as well, is um, then how do we – as leaders tell that, that tech sergeant, how do they contribute to taking that, that unit, um, to whether they're, they're at that two or three range up to that three to four range. Yeah. So, you know, and number one, everybody has to realize that, that they're an important cog in the machine, right? What, what they, what they do is important in mission success and, and, um, being able to accomplish that mission. So a large portion of it is being able to make them feel like they have some skin in the game, like they have some say in it. If they just feel like, oh, I'm just Tech Sergeant Bischoff and time to make the donuts and I'm just here, right. you know, hacking on the keyboard and hacking the mission stuff and whatever, and, and don't really have any say or, or skin in the game or whatever, then then I'm just I'm just a kite in a storm, right? I'm just I'm going wherever the wind takes me and and don't really feel like I have a whole lot of control. But if that's where, you know, you had all these innovation cells that were that were popping up everywhere. Everybody wants to be, in, you know, innovation, innovation. Hey, that's swell, folks. But here's the deal. If you sit down and actually talk with somebody over and, and not just expect a snap answer on it, you're like, hey, we are interested in your input in different ways of doing these things. Yeah. Right. And, and not hamstringing somebody, but just saying, here's what we need to do, folks. Let's use our knowledge, skills and abilities in order to figure out how to get there. And that's I, I use the Star Trek analogy every, you know, all the time. So Captain Kirk was normally, unless it was like, hey, you got to make a snap decision and shields up and, you know, shooting people and stuff. If there was some kind of situation going on, which normally happened all the time, he normally wasn't the dude making the making the call. Normally what he do is he gets everybody in there, right? So he's got Scotty from engineering, he's got Spock and he's got the doctor in there, he's got Bones in there and, right. and everybody else. He's like, all right, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, what do you got on this? And then once he got everybody's input... He was able to make a good, solid decision as the leader to say, "Okay, boom, we're going in. We're taking these guys out, or this is how we're getting out of the situation, or whatever." And to me, that's what's important as leadership is, you know, you're not necessarily looking for somebody else to answer the question, but you want to be able to get everybody's input so they feel like they're part of the solution and part of of getting from from here to there. And and there's some pride in that, right? Then right. Then, then they feel like, hey, you know that. That idea I came up with about how we can we can do some stuff to get these travel vouchers fixed. 
that was my idea. And they're excited about that. And, and, you know, they want to be a part of that. So it's all about just drawing everybody together to, to, you know, make sure that, that they feel like they're a contributing part of the team and not just along for the ride. Yeah. That buy-in is, is definitely key as well as uh, identifying the why, right. Um, from a one-on-one relationship uh, from a supervisor to supervisee, uh, mentor to mentoree, right. Is understanding why are we here both uh, internally and then, um, for the organization. Right. Yeah. And then, and then moving on into, uh, getting everybody to, to have that input and uh, be part of the solution so that that buy-in then drives that organization up to the next level. Right. Um, I wonder if there's any kind of key words of advice that you would like to give to the gladiators at this point. I would say it's kind of like I, I talked to the 53rd a little bit earlier today and, and some other folks out there, but I would say, um, you know, always be ready. Uh, and actually, we were, we were talking to Major Trace about this last night. Yep. So uh, he asked me, Major Trace asked me, he said, well, you know, how did you plan out becoming a command chief and doing all this stuff? And I said, I didn't. Not at all. This was this was just a lot of luck and preparedness. Right. So, you know, really, um, I mean, I, I had no plan on getting past Master Sergeant. So how I ended up here and being a two about to be three time command chief is just, I don't know, I'm going to say pretty much sheer luck. But but um more importantly, you know, it's it's just being ready for the opportunity. And I was a senior master sergeant and I got um, picked up to be a chief because I was in, I had everything in hot ready status. I had all my PME, I had, you know, fitness done. I had a bachelor's degree. I had, you know, everything that I needed to have to be required. And, and as soon as opportunity knocked, I answered and I was ready. Right. You know, when opportunity knocks, that's not the time to start thinking about doing your PME or your education or getting that certification or whatever it is. You need to be in a hot ready status. So when opportunity knocks, boom, it's, you know, munition off the rail and and something's happening here. Right. So uh, that's the best thing, the best kind of advice that I can give to, to anybody, especially, you know, everybody here at the 960th is just, you know, continue working on being ready for that next opportunity, whatever that is, because you never know when it's coming and you never know what it's going to be. But if you continually are working on yourself to get in that hot ready status and, and be ready for whatever's going to come knocking, then then it's just a fire and forget it situation uh, because it knocks once and it's not going to hang out for you. It's not going to wait for you. It's not going to come back later. You got one shot. And if you're not ready to, to pull the trigger on it, then it's moving on and you just miss that opportunity. So that's, that's my biggest piece of advice is always work on yourself. Always add to your secret sauce, what's making you stand out from everybody else and, uh, and just be ready for the, that opportunity. That's some great words of advice, chief, right? Because um, if you're not ready, then opportunity will pass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if, if you were to come back in a few years, what would you hope to see out of the 960th? Hmm. Come back in a couple of years, what would I like to see out of the 960th? Um, well, Colonel, not parking in uh, the inappropriate spots anymore. So you know, no more, no more parking in the uh, in the vice commander spot. Unless he's vice, unless he's like vice commander, then 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 it's fine. So, um, but uh, but no, in all, in all seriousness, um, I, I'd like to see some more. Um, you know, the programs that we built the framework for advanced. You know, refine some of the processes. I would love to see. You know, all the the voucher situation you know, cut by three quarters of what it is now and, and have good solid processes going through. I'd like to see that that we have more uh, indigenous support going on here at the 960. What I mean by that is we get some more finance folks, we get some some more comm folks, we get some, you right. know, CSS, FSS. I'd like to be able 
to see that the 960th is is getting more of its own resources instead of having to rely on the 433rd so much in in some areas. Right. So uh, I'd like us to be able to have a little bit more control over driving our own train and and then continuing to to flesh out what what information warfare looks like and grow as a wing to to be more all inclusive and a good mission partner to lash up solid with the with the um, with 16th Air Force and and our other active duty wing mission partners to make sure that we're we're lethal, we're agile, we're ready uh, and adaptable. So I, I'd really like to just basically see the the maturation uh, of the 960th continue along the lines it is now, and and I'm very excited to see what it's going to look like at that point. Gotcha. No, I, I think that's a great vision, right? If we can uh, just be a much more mature wing with uh, a lot more control of our environment, uh, I think that'll be a, a big success. I definitely feel like uh, over the last two years, we went from being um, very um, reactive and um, almost uh, out in the cold when it came to a wing to where we are today, you know, going back to your checklist of items. When we looked at all those different processes that needed to be started from scratch, um, even matured from the, the concepts that they were uh, as, as the SIOG. Um, I think that we're much more aligned and can be seen as a wing as a whole from the outside than we were two years ago. So I know on behalf of uh, a lot of individuals within the wing, I don't want to say thank you for championing uh, those items forward, right? So the vouchers have been cleaned up. Um, they're not perfect. We're nowhere close. Mm. Um, but um, based on that vision and that mentorship and the hard work of people like uh, Sergeant Bielman mm. and some of the unit reps, now we have individuals that are willing to stay, right? When we talk about expeditionary comm, right. um, I think that's, that's a legacy that definitely uh, anyone can be proud of. So, I mean, thanks, Chief. Yeah, no, like I said, it, it, it's definitely been a team effort of, of getting there. And, and I think we went from being completely reactive to to like, I'd say middle of the road right now, kind of neutral. And then I'd, I'd like to see, you know, in a few years from now, a couple of years from now, where we're, you know, 90 percent proactive. So we're getting out ahead of stuff and, and right. not not scrambling at the last minute to to try and meet deadlines and suspenses and, and work problems and figure things out. But but getting getting ahead of the message there a little bit. Gotcha. Um, I know you and I could chat probably all day and for a week straight and still not uh, come back to the same subject. Um, but you know, with the, the podcast, we're kind of uh, limited on time. I didn't know if you would like to close out with um, anything that you'd like to say to the gladiators. So, uh, just want to say thanks uh, to everybody for everything that you've done. Thanks for putting forth the effort, um, having the passion and, and energy and drive to continue pushing for, uh, you know, pushing forward and pushing forth and being innovative, bringing up great ideas and, and just being engaged as you are. Um, it's, it's truly been an awesome experience, uh, and an honor to serve alongside you. And, uh, I appreciate what you do, uh, for the country. I appreciate what you do for protecting your family and my family, uh, because we know, we know the bad guys out there. Uh, and we know that, that we're one of the few things that stand between them and us. So, I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate you staying on watch. I appreciate you continuing to push forward. Um, even though sometimes you probably don't hear thanks enough, uh, I'd like to say thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Chief. I know that uh, on behalf of the, the 960th Cyberwing Gladiators, um, thank you for your dedication. Uh, thank you for your mentorship. Thank you for your guidance. Um, thank you for the energy, right? 
all of those things lead all of us uh, towards uh, that goal that we've set forth. And the fact that uh, that challenge that you constantly put on on them um, helps drive them there. Uh, I know that you've personally challenged me uh, in a couple of uh, situations to to do better. And uh, I definitely uh, feel um, like I've met a lot of those things and I definitely wouldn't necessarily be as successful today if it wasn't for that guidance, that mentorship, and that friendship. So thank you, Chief. Um, and uh, to the gladiators out there, I uh, hope you have a great uh, month. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being part of this great wing. Chief out. <laughs>